Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. We have been learning about authority and submission. How many people want to be blessed? How many people want to be on the winning side? How many people enjoy seeing the gold medal last night on the neck of all the American basketball players last night? I did watch too. I watched. And I watched Michael Phelps. I saw him swim like this. And he so fast. And he got all the gold medal. And I was so proud of American athletes that have done a good job. But you know, these people, I believe they work really hard. And they have discipline in life. And one thing I believe that the reason they won the battle, they won the gold medal because they learn how to submit to their coach. They learn to listen. The Bible compares us to athletes. The Bible compares us to soldiers of Christ. And as soldiers and athletes, we are looking for the winning. We are looking for victory. And the devil wants us to lose. The devil wants us to be defeated in order to have victory. I used to be goalkeeper in the soccer game. So I understand about submission to the coach and to the head of the team. You know, when the head of the team says, run there, I need to do that. Because he knows he is very expert in how to handle the, the game on the field. So I need to obey and submit to the coach and also to, to the head of the soccer team. The same thing if we want to win in our Christian life, either personally as a person or as a team, as a church, as a ministry. We need to learn how to discipline ourselves, working hard, and also submission to authority. We need to learn how to obey those who know more than us. Because otherwise, we're going to have division and strive and fight, and then the devil is going to have a good time. We're going to lose the battle. But if we join together in submission, in honor and respect, we're going to win the battle. This principle applies to many things in life. Office, you work in the office and you keep fighting each other in the office, that office, that company will not last. If you work as a surgeon like me and you operate and the nurse, every time I say scissors, I make the hand like this, scissors. And the nurse says, why? And every time I say stitch, I will make hair like this, but I don't talk because in the surgery, you put your hand, your head in the microscope. I do like this. It means stitch. The nurse will hand the stitch for me to close the wound. But if I hand, I say like this, and the nurse say, no, I think the patient will not be happy about that. The nurse and the assistant and the anesthesiologist need to submit to the top surgeon who is leading the operation at that time. The same thing with the sport. If everyone go their own way, no one submit to one another, no one listen to one another, I believe that team will lose for sure. Everything in life, no matter what we do, even family, if I and my wife cannot get along in my family, if she doesn't submit to me and I don't submit to her, the family is going to break down. But we need to learn to submit to one another. Amen? So submission is an attitude. And last time we learned about submission in the local church. I'm teaching you this 
not because I want you to submit to me, but I want you to be blessed. Because one day this church may have another pastor, not me. Because I'm gonna be with the Lord one day. I maybe at 120 years old, I'm gonna be with the Lord. <laughs> so you're gonna have to put up with me for a long time. <laughs> I expect to live 120 years old. Okay. So one day gonna change. Your kids gonna rise up and grow up in this church, and you're gonna have a new pastor here. So they still need to learn how to submit to the leadership in the church. Still, they need to learn how to submit. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. As those who must give account, let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. The Bible says that if we want to receive profit from God, we need to submit to authority. Submission is the issue of the heart. Obedience is about action. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, if you are willing, what is the word willing? The word willing means the heart issue. You start from the heart here. You're willing inside your heart. And obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. How many people want to eat the good of the land? Amen. How many people want to eat the best of the land? Amen. If you want to eat the good of the land, whatever land you live in, in New Hope International Church land, maybe you one day move to Philippines, you want to eat the good of the land over there. You may want to move to Oahu and Maui and Big Island. You can eat the good of the land too. Actually, I just talked to Pastor Dad that maybe we should plant church in Oahu for a few years. <laughs> Amen. Huh? What you say? <laughs> So we, we eat the good of the land wherever we are. Amen. Wherever we are, we're going to eat the good of the land if we are willing and obedient. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 to 10, you know, a lot of people think that to become a Christian is very kind of fashion, fashionable. I'm a Christian, now I go to church. Actually, to be a Christian means that we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And... Believe in our heart that Christ was raised from the dead. You know the word Lord means? The word Lord means the owner of your life. He is not your servant that you just snap your finger and say, Come here, Jesus, I want a new job. I want a new girlfriend. I want a new boyfriend. You just snap your hand like this. No, Jesus is the Lord. The Greek language for Lord is curious. Means the owner of your life. He is the master. And he has authority. In order to receive blessing and grace and favor from God, you need to learn how to submit to him. And you need to have the fear of God in your life. If God say right, you say right. If God say left, you say left. You submit to his lordship. Truly born again Christians will learn how to submit to the lordship and authority of God. If you keep arguing with God, if you keep saying, God, I don't believe it. I don't believe what you say. Or you don't tell me what to do. I'm going to run my own life. I start to wonder that you are really born again. Because if you're truly born again, if you're really n- going to go to heaven for sure, the Lord Jesus needs to be the Lord of your life. And he has authority. And he delegated that authority to the people on earth here. And in the church, he delegated authority to the leadership. And he said, if you're willing and obedient, 
you shall eat the good of the land. The Bible never say that you need to submit only to the perfect leader. The leader does not have to be perfect in order for you to submit to the leaders. You need to submit to that authority because that the authority comes from God. Now, a lot of people may be obedient, but they're not willing. For example, maybe a 10 years old boy was watching TV, and the mom say, "Son, take the garbage can out." And that son was very mad, got up with a stinky attitude, and rolled the garbage can out and think, "Mom, you're so mean to me. I don't like the way you tell me what to do." He obeyed, but he had a stinky attitude, and that is not submission. Submission means have an honorable and respectful attitude toward those who have authority. Amen. I know that all of us struggle in this issue. I myself too. We all have the nature of Adam, and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God need to cleanse us in order to become more like Christ. We all struggle with the issue of submission. How many people agree with me that we all struggle with this issue? You know the reason I preach this message. It's just to remind all of us again and again that we need to deal with this issue so that we can become a really mature Christian, and God can use us, and God can really help us to fulfill the dream and the vision that God gave to us. Have you ever heard the word brokenness? In order to be used by God, God sometimes need to make us broken, die to self, and say no to self. And say, I don't know anything, God. I'm nothing, but you are everything. I'm gonna submit to you. God uses people who are very broken inside, not prideful people, not arrogant people. God gonna use broken people, humble people. Amen. He doesn't look for your ability. He look for your heart. If your heart is broken before Him, and say, God, I'm willing to die to myself, and I'm willing to obey you and submit to you. God gonna use you more than before. Don't look at just ability. Don't look just the smartness. Have IQ of 120 or something. But look at your heart first, because God cannot use you very well or effectively if you have a very rebellious heart. God looking for obedient people, submissive people. Definitely, we don't obey every command. We still have submissive spirit. But we don't need to obey every command. If the command is not biblical, we don't need to obey. I give you example in the book of Daniel, chapter three, verses one to six, talking about a command that is unbiblical. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was sixty cubits and its width six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon, and King Nebuchadnezzar. Send word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, and the treasurers, the judges and the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces, to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, and magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Then the herald cried out loud, "To you it is commanded." All peoples, nations, and languages. And at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, 
in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. King Nebuchadnezzar built a gold image. This is an idol. And he told all the people in his kingdom to bow down to this image when the music starts. And three Jewish men, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, still honor God, and they deny to bow down and worship. They deny to obey the unbiblical command. That command was unbiblical because God said, you can only worship one God. You don't worship many gods. So they say no. You know what happened? The king was very furious. The king called them in and said, I'm going to send you to the fiery furnace right now. You're going to die. And look at the answer. I read to you what they say. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. If not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. You notice that these three Jewish young men They did not obey the command, the unbiblical command, but they still submitted themselves to the king. They did not come in and say, Hey, jerk, you give me wrong command. You're dumb. You're stupid. Get out of here, jerk. (laughs) Did they say that? No, they say, Oh, king. They say, in other words, they say, Your majesty, their heart, were still submissive. But the action, they did not obey. You, you understand? So, submission is the issue of the heart. That you submit in the heart, you honor that authority that God gave to the king Nebuchadnezzar. But you don't need to obey the unbiblical command. I'll give you another example in the Bible. In Acts chapter 23, verses 1 to 5, I'm going to show you many stories in the Bible about submission. How many people believe that whatever you say from your mouth comes from your heart? How many people believe that whatever you type in your email comes from your heart? Nowadays, people may not want to say that much. I learned that today's society, people dare not come face to face and talk. The way they want to confront you, they use email. They use Facebook or whatever to write to you. So that is scary because sometimes... People don't see your face. Last night, I got a phone call about some issue in the church. And the person who represents me said, can you talk to this person? I say, maybe you talk first because I cannot see that person eye to eyes. And if I make a phone call, it may be misunderstood of what I say. So the best is eye to eyes talk. And whatever your heart, you talk it out from eye to eyes, not just use email to correct somebody. Because it can be misunderstood of your attitude and your motive behind the email. Amen? So, whatever inside your heart, you have to be careful. Cleanse your heart first. Look at what Paul says about the heart and the mouth. Paul, looking earnestly at the council, say, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience 
before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, "God will strike you, you whitewashed wall." For you sit to judge me according to the law, and do not command me to be struck contrary to the law. And those who stood by said, "Do you revile God's high priest?" Then Paul said, "I did not know, brethren, that he was the high priest. For it is written, 'You shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people.'" The high priest at that time was a religious leader and also. Political leader of the Jewish community, Paul did not know that Ananias was a high priest. He thought that this is just a regular member or citizen there. And when Ananias command people to slap on his face, he used the strong word "white watch wall," very strong word. And when Paul find out that he was speaking against the man of authority, even though that man Ananias was not very reasonable. Was not a very good man, but he knew right away that he broke the law of God. He did not make God happy to say something against the leadership of the community. My dear brother and sister, we know that we have free speech in America, but you have to be careful. Don't use freedom to abuse authority, or use your freedom to say something to make God unhappy about you. How many people want to face God's judgment? I don't want to face God's judgment. I want God to bless me. So you need to watch your heart and watch your mouth. Don't make any comment. Don't say anything that is very unhonorable or say something bad or revile against leadership. You know, if you're not happy about certain things that the leadership is doing, just go directly to him and talk to him instead of talking against that leadership. Amen. Don't do like the Pharisees. In fact, it's interesting because the Pharisee called Jesus that he has demon possessed. So they revile against Jesus that Jesus has demon possession. That is wrong because they are talking against the Son of the Living God. We have to watch our mouth carefully. Since I learned this lesson, I'm very careful of what I say about any preacher, any pastor, anyone. I just keep my mouth shut. And I pray for that person. It's not my job to judge or to criticize anybody. It's my job to love and pray for people. There is no perfect leader. Amen. Be careful what you say. Be careful not to gossip about the leadership. Don't have a gossiping society around here to gossip against this and that. And it's not ethical and not very spiritual at all to talk bad about somebody else, especially leadership. Amen. I and my wife are not perfect. We make mistake. My kids are not perfect either, and they are kids. They make mistake too. So don't have a kind of like a club that start to gossip and talk bad about myself or or any leadership in the church or even their kids or their uh, their home. We are not here to gossip and to talk bad about people. We are here to bless people. We love people. Amen. Be careful because judgment gonna come to you if you keep doing that to talk bad about people. You can see here another story in the Bible in Numbers chapter 12 verses 1 to 10. You like the sermon? I know you like it. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. You see again, everyone says speak. You know rebellion usually come out from the mouth. You can see before the action starts, the mouth will come first. 
that somebody talk against somebody or criticize somebody. Numbers chapter 12 verses 1 to 10 say, Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. You need to understand Moses was a pastor of millions of people at that time. And he has one brother named Aaron, who was a high priest. And Miriam, who was a prophetess. And she is not a self-appointed prophetess. She's a real prophetess. Real woman who can hear the voice of God. So these two persons spoke against the pastor because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. So Moses was not perfect. He married an Ethiopian woman. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Do you know that when you speak against leadership at your home, in your car, and they are not around you, you know somebody who is here. Who is that? God. You have to be careful. You think, oh, Pastor Lau doesn't know that I talk against his children and his wife, his way of doing things. He will not hear. This is between I and my wife. But the Bible says, the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. I know that Miriam and Aaron did not agree with that statement. Moses was an imperfect leader, married an Ethiopian woman out of their own race, not Jewish woman. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you there, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, not in dark sayings, and he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid? You notice that submission is related to the fear of God. God asks, why are you not afraid of me? Why are you not fearful of me that I'm going to punish you because you speak against my authority and delegated authority to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them and he departed. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. And then Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was a leper. You remember the Bible says in Romans chapter 13, if you are against the authority of God, that you will bring judgment to yourself. Miriam faced judgment right away. She became leprous. Was Moses perfect? No. Did Moses do the right thing? Was their comment right that Moses married a Ethiopian woman and was wrong? Yes, they're right. That God expected the Jewish people to marry only people, the offspring of Abraham. Because God wanted to keep all the faith and all the racial group at that time. So Moses was wrong. But even though Moses was wrong, Miriam and Aaron did not have the right to speak against Moses. Because when they touched the authority of Moses, they touched 
the authority of God, and God dealt with them right away. I remember one time in Seattle when I started the church, one man went out. You no, know, I just started with only ten people at that time. One man went out to tell all the Thai friend of mine in Seattle, "Don't come to this church. Pastor Lao is bad. Pastor Lao doesn't know anything." Blah 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 blah. For one whole year, he was speaking against me, and I did not fight. I just let it go, because God is my judge. You know what happened? A year later. His liver broke out in his chop because of liver abscess, and he came close to death at the University of Washington ICU. I annoyed Johnson went to pray for him, and God was merciful and saved this man. Did not judge him to death, and I believe because he spoke against me, he touched the anointed one, and I was not perfect. I was not a perfect pastor, but somebody. Kept talking bad about me. God is using me to start a church. So when He touched me, He touched God, and I didn't have to fight. God gonna fight for me. Since that day, everything stopped. No more gossiping about me from this man. God really dealt with him very, very strongly. We have to be very careful. We don't say something against any preacher, any leader in the body of Christ. Even they do do wrong thing, it's not my business to gossip on and to attack them. We just pray for them and love them. Amen. Hallelujah. At that time, God was not very happy with Miriam and Aaron. Now, I want to explain a little bit about marrying Ethiopian woman. What is going on today in the church? Can a Asian man marry an African woman? How do we know what the command in the Bible here? Can be practiced today. The command in the Old Testament can be practiced today. We have to run through the cross. I give you example. Should we still worship God by raising up our hand and shouting and clapping hand and say Hallelujah? According to the Book of Psalm, if you run through the cross, keep it. We still can raise hand. We still clap hand. We still singing and shouting to the Lord. Amen. How about animal sacrifice? Should we? Have an altar here and burn animal out here. We don't need to. We run that to the cross. Jesus already become a perfect sacrifice. We don't burn animal anymore in the church. Are you glad? I'm glad I don't need to kill animal anymore. Amen. How about prophet? In the Old Testament, there were prophets, and everyone who need to hear from God has to go to prophet to hear from God, or to go to a priest. Who wore a ephod in front of the chest? But nowadays, do we need to have a prophet to come to the church? I mean, I'm not against prophet, but do we have to go to the prophet to hear from God? Look at what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter one, verses one to two. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past, everyone say past, to the fathers by the prophet. That is the Old Testament. Has in these last day spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed. Had appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the words. Nowadays, we don't need to run to the prophetic ministry, run to any prophet and say, "I give you one hundred dollars, and you tell me what God tell me to do." You don't run after prophet. Prophet nowadays just give the word of confirmation of what God spoke to you. Every son and daughter of God in the church can go directly to the Father 
and listen to the voice of God, and God can speak to you directly what you need to do in your life. The prophet just come to confirm what God speak to you. I'm not run around. You know, one time I went to Florida, and a, a person come to me. Oh, you need to go to that prophetic meeting. They're gonna tell you what to do. I shook my head and said, I don't need that. God spoke to me. If I meet that prophet by chance and the prophet gonna tell me confirm, that's okay. I'm not gonna run around after a prophet to tell me what to do because I can have my personal relationship with God and I, God can speak to me. Amen. In my devotion time, in my time of reading the Bible and time of worship. So I don't need to run around to look for prophet. I'm not against prophet in the New Testament. Don't take me wrong. They are very important in the New Testament church. But we are not running around to seek words from prophet. Look at marrying different racial group. Filipino marry a Taiwanese or a black person marry a yellow person or something or race, different racial group. Okay? Can it be done nowadays? I read the scripture to you. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, nor Asian, nor African, nor Latino, nor Japanese, nor Korean, nor Filipino. We are all one in Christ Jesus. So it's nothing wrong about marrying of different race. White American can marry an Asian American or Asian from Asia. God doesn't mind anymore. And thank God that God created varieties. Amen. You know, I enjoy nature very much. I enjoy seeing different flowers and different kind of fish. And it's so fun to see varieties. It's good to be in the international church because we have varieties here. Amen. People who say mahalo and aloha. People who say ni hao and who say all kind of things that different from us. Ohio kosaimas, arigato kosaimas. I enjoy snorkeling because... We can see a lot of variety kinds of fish over there. It's so fun to see, you know, all kinds of fish and very relaxing to see the creation of God. I like varieties and God likes varieties too. Amen. So praise God for varieties. And in the church, we should respect one another and we should actually appreciate that somebody come from China, somebody come from Hong Kong, somebody come from Thailand. It's so good to learn from different culture and strength in each society and each culture. Amen? Some of the religious Christians say, I don't like that group of people. I don't like people who come from that nation. I hate them. People who say like that need to read this scripture. 1 John 3.15 Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So if you hate any skin color, I doubt that you're going to go to heaven because you are a murderer. And a murderer cannot go to heaven. Be careful. All the prejudice against skin color in certain parts in America, I wonder they are really born again Christian or they just go to church for religion. Because if you're really truly born again people, you're going to love people. You will value people. You don't hate people. Hatred is from the devil, not from the Spirit of God. Amen? Let me conclude this sermon by saying one more thing here about the life of Moses, Miriam, and Aaron. Were Aaron and Miriam 100% right about marrying the wrong racial group in that generation? Yes, they were correct 100%. But at the same time, they were 100% wrong 
because they challenged and spoke against the authority of God. And this is the problem. And that happened in the church many times. Is that people began to raise themselves up and talk against leadership by valuing their own gifts and ability. I give you example. You may have to give a prophecy, and you prophesize all the time, and the prophecy became true, but the pastor never prophesied for 10 years. Or maybe you have the gift of healing. You lay hand on people, people get healed, people fall under the power. The pastor lay hand, no one fall under the power. And you say, hmm, I'm greater than my pastor. Or you may be an intercessor, and you can see dreams and vision, and God gives you all kinds of supernatural things, but the pastor never sees dream and vision. And you say, hmm, pastor, you need to listen to me. You need to submit to me, because I have more gift than you. Or you may be a manager of uh, 2,000 workers or employees, but the pastor runs only the church with 200 members. And you come into the church, you know, I finished master degree in business. I now am a manager of a big company. You guys don't know what you're doing. You need to listen to me. Submit to me. Big traps. I want to explain to you about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you the manifestation of the gift. Healing, mercy, compassion, giving, whatever gift. He manifests through you. But the office, the office means authority. The pastor, the prophet, evangelist, the office in the church was given by Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4 says, Jesus, who ascended to heaven, gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists and pastors and teachers. The office means authority comes from Jesus himself, who has more authority. The Bible says, God the Father has given all authority to the Son of God in Matthew chapter 28. So, it doesn't matter what gift you have. If you are not in that office, you still need to submit to the office that has left less gift than you. Period. That's what happened to Miriam and Aaron. Miriam and Aaron say, does God only speak to Moses? We are gifted. I'm a high priest. I'm a big kahuna. And Miriam say, I'm a prophetess. Moses just... Not good enough. I'm more gifted than Moses. What happened? They raised themselves up and began to look down on the leadership and spoke again the leadership. You have to be careful. Don't use your ability and your giftings to raise yourself up and begin to rebel against leadership because that is not biblical. You need to learn how to submit. Amen. I want to conclude this sermon. If you obey the Bible, submit to authority. Even though the authority or the delegated authority or the leadership is not smart, may make, make some mistake, but you submit anyway. Submit, I'm talking about the heart issue. I believe God is going to bless you. God is going to bless your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. But if you decide to rebel, you are facing problem. Your kids, your grandkids, because you are imparting that spirit into them, and you're going to see the problem in the future. You may not see it right away, but you're going to see God's judgment in the future because God really takes serious about authority. 
because you are rebelling against Him. My dear brother and sister, let's deal with our own character before we are talking about ministry. Oh, I can do so much. I know what to do. We need to deal with our heart and character first. We need to have the right heart and right character before God can use us more and more. Amen. Otherwise, if you are so gifted and do so many things, but your character is wrong, you're going to fall hard one day, kaboom, and you're going to be gone. We need to build right foundation, the foundation of the Word of God. We need to submit to authority. Amen. You may think in your heart, "Oh, thank God, this sermon is done. No more of this. Pastor Lau, conclude already." I want to tell you the good news. It's not done yet. Coming back next Sunday. It's not done yet. <laughs> you know, I love you. That's why I need to preach this sermon because I love you. I want to see you get blessed by God. Amen. How many people say, "I want to be blessed," and I cannot? Make a decision to submit from today on. Amen. I would like to ask a sister to come up to give testimony about the blessing of submission. Can I have a microphone? Sister Tara, can you come up and give testimony? (laughs) Mahalo. (laughs) Well, when the first time I came to New Hope, it was on revival night. And I had no idea what the fire of God was, just except for people telling me what it was and how wonderful it was. But when I actually felt it for the first time that night, it was such a wonderful thing. You know, God really uses that time to touch you, to really show you the things that he wants you to change of you. And he really burns it out of you and, like, tries to cleanse you out. And from that day, I decided to submit to him by committing my life to Christ and committing to New Hope, and from then I, dis- I saw all the blessings that he brought to me where I have a new family in Christ where it'll, they can help me to grow in my walk with Christ. And also, when I first started school in September, I was kind of struggling through school, but I was, at that point I was ready to give up. But God told me that, you know, just focus on him, you know, and everything will be okay. And, you know, when you really... Focus on God, everything, any problems, everything will just come smaller and they'll pretty much they'll just disappear. And so as the rest of the school year went on, I was able to raise my grades and just be, have more understanding of school and everything. Mm. And I was so thankful for that. And, mm. you know, besides from school, though, he has really blessed my family where my brother was able to travel abroad with all expenses paid. He didn't have to pay anything. And my mom got a new job, and, you know, at that point, I was so really grateful for all the things that he's done for me, but he even provided even more. He provided scholarships and funding for the next coming up school year where I don't even have to pay anything out of my pocket. And, And, you know, like, and also, you know, besides blessings, he also opens up doors of opportunity for you where... I was blessed to have the opportunity to go with Pastor Lau on the mission trip that we're going to be leaving soon. And, you know, I really felt that God was calling me to go on this mission trip, but I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. But, you know, he said, just put your trust in me and I will provide for you. So I did. I sent out sponsorship letters to my families and friends back home. And 
through all the responses that I got back, I was able to pay for my plane ticket and some other expenses also. And mm. so when you, I know sometimes it's hard to submit to God, but when we really put our trust and faith in him, he'll really provide for us and he'll be there to comfort us when time of need. And, but if we don't submit, then we'll never receive the promotions and blessings that he has for us. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'd like to ask if anyone in this room know that you're going to go to heaven for sure if you leave this world. You know, we don't know that we have tomorrow, but Jesus Christ came to die on the cross to pay for your sin so that you don't need to pay for your own sin. And it's very simple. You just admit that you are a sinner and you ask God for forgiveness and invite Jesus to come into your life and ask God to forgive you. And then he will come in and you become his child or his son and daughter. It's very simple. I did that more than 27 years ago. I bowed down one day in an apartment in Bangkok and said, God, I'm a sinner. Could you please forgive me? Could you please come into my life? Since that day, I have never been the same. I have a new life. God takes care of me as my father. He is my father and I'm his son. He protects me. He takes care of me. And I know for sure, after I die, I will be in heaven because my sins are forgiven. I'd like to encourage all of you to do the same thing today. If you're not sure that you're going to go to heaven, you're not sure that you are born again and become a child of God. This is a good time to do it. Pray with me. How many people want to go to heaven? Raise your hand up. Raise, raise up high. When I tell you how many people won one million dollars, I think everyone going to raise two hands. <laughs> how about go to heaven? Raise your hand high too. Amen. Amen. Why don't you pray with me and ask the, the Lord Jesus to come into your life. Just pray with me. Father in heaven, I am a sinner. I need your help. Forgive me, Lord. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and the Son of God. He was raised from the dead on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my life right now. I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. Let's give hand to those who accept Christ. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-275. 1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 